Hello, and welcome to the PG Weekly Podcast. In today's episode, Timmy Ephraim talks about the film industry. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about something um, something that's a little special to me, you know, as uh, someone who, I don't want to spoil the topic, but might as well just go ahead and say it. Uh, someone who's very interested in uh, starting a career in the film industry. Uh, this is something that is near and dear to my heart when it comes to issues. And uh, one of those issues is being movies and television during the pandemic. Now, you know, during COVID, everything basically shut down. It was over. Nothing really um, was getting much, you know, financial or social, like, push-up due to everybody just being locked up at home. And movies were hit by this a lot as well. That's why we saw an uptick and rise in popularity with streaming services like, you know, Netflix and, uh, you know, HBO Max and Hulu, stuff like that. You know, binging shows was now the go-to at that moment. And uh, the era for, like, TV and film was, was just dead at that point. And I think that was more apparent, especially with, like, theaters like Regal and AMC. Regal, by the way, which has just recently filed for Chapter 13 bankruptcy because they just have not been gaining the same amount of profits as they were, like, a few years ago. Yeah, it's, 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 it's big. It's big. And so a lot of these studios, you know, um, they needed to make back their money somehow, you know. They lost a lot, you know, but millions, millions. They lost a lot. And it's not just money that was lost. It was also, like, creatives and stuff who probably died from the disease as well that we don't know about. Like, small people who've been working, like, as, like, production assistants or whatnot, or, like, directors for specific episodes for television shows. Yeah, we, we, it's all, it was... It, yeah, COVID did affect the world in many ways, and the film industry was no exception. So, you, I think, me personally, it's a bit of a necessity in terms of like them trying to make their money on how they would maneuver through that situation with the pandemic. I think the streaming services were a good idea because... Whether you want to admit it or not, um, if it weren't for streaming services, uh, a lot of these companies would be dead. Uh, one company that I would say is not doing so well, but would have been doing a lot worse if otherwise would be Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers right now, for those of you who don't know, recently uh, was bought out by Discovery. Uh, this is... This is from a long string of buyouts that Warner Brothers went through a while back. The Philly one, uh, basically old management wasn't the best. And AT&T saw what Comcast did with NBC and Universal. And so they were like, hey, if this phone and television company is able to buy like a studio that makes entertainment, why can't we do the same? So AT&T did that. They bought every single asset from uh, Warner Brothers. Everything. They they, they bought it all. And um, 
they did not plan out the what they were going to do after that well. So in the process, a lot of stuff got shopped around. A lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of it just it was very impulsive and very rash of the people at AT and T to do, and so that didn't do so well. And they still own Warner Brothers. It's just and now it's under new new management in the form of Discovery, and Discovery appointed uh, a new CEO, and he has made some controversial, if not drastic, decisions to how um, he was going to you know run the company compared to his predecessors. The first thing he would do um, was begin uh, to commit a lot of tax write-offs and cut out a lot of products um, from, you know, their library of, like, content. No, like, specific, like, section was hurt the most other than... Um, other than animated products, around 36 shows in total were just gone, just wiped off of HBO Max's history. They're just, you can't find them anymore. They just don't exist. They were scrubbed for like most, if not everything on the site. Like it's hard to even get like physical DVD copies. And so a lot of people on Twitter were like very upset about it. I remember seeing like people just at this point just pirated. Even the creators of one of these shows that got canceled because of a tax write-off was like, I mean, there's no, they're not going to release like a DVD for this. So you might as well just pirate the thing. And um, I can understand where that sentiment comes from. Like imagine it's something that you worked on for like years and then just after you've, you thought you were going to, it was finished and then it would be safe. And then just out of nowhere, it just gets just purged and removed. Like it, it didn't never existed. Another reason why the, these shows like were like removed. The main reason why was a the Phillips that like removes space, and b uh, when you finish a show and license it out to somebody, uh, you are legally obliged in some cases to get residuals from those shows. If there are reruns, streams on platforms, you will get a paycheck. Like, it won't be a lot, but you'll get something. Like, I even saw from, like, one of these cartoon uh, developers from another show. Um, he talked about, like, how, like, after his show was, like, long, like, done, <clears throat> and he was on to doing other work and other projects, he was still getting, like, paychecks from that specific show for, like, a couple hundred dollars, like, $360. And now his check has just been, like, reduced to, like, 27 bucks. It's just like a good chunk of that money is just like not there anymore. And it's upsetting. It really is. And it's kind of demoralizing. Like, because Hollywood, especially like old Hollywood, like they don't, they don't respect like animation in the terms of like actual products like that can be enjoyed because they treat an animation like a genre. They still treat it like a genre. They still treat it like this little section compared to romance compared to compared to horror they don't even like horror like in award shows they barely give anything to horror like have you when was the last time you seen like an honest to god like slasher film like won an emmy for anything other than like makeup it just doesn't happen it never happens so with products like horror and whatnot um and especially back to what I was talking about 
uh, products like you know animation they they treat it like it's for kids and it's not animation is like no different from like film and tv or like video games for that matter it's just like a different medium to tell stories you can have adult stories with animation in that. and that's what people like as of recently are understanding now with like, the rise of anime in like the western market that's been coming up since like the 80s and 90s like anime is not like a animation is not like a kid only thing that like it can be for anyone of all ages it can tell all types of stories in fact it might be able to tell stories better than you would you know listening to uh in, like listening to like a radio program or like a tv show you know because there's some things you can do with 2d drawings and you can't do with physical people you know it's just it's just how it is um and uh studios i thought would realize how easy it is to really take advantage of something like that and milk it i, I guess you could say for all it's worth you know like green lighting projects but i guess uh the people at warner brothers had other plans and other motives uh yeah, a lot of projects um, that were supposed to be made, like and released on HBO Max or in theaters or on direct to DVD, like to like this year, or like they just they just been canceled, like out of the blue. There was a Looney Tunes cartoon. There was like three of them. They're just done. They just axed them all three of them for tax write-offs. And this isn't just like animation too. Um, like I said, like a lot of things got cut. Movies as well. Uh, a lot of films um were like shelved for like later releases but one film that got the most prominence in terms of, like getting canceled or and like probably won't ever see the light of day is uh the the batgirl movie um it was announced like years ago and after so much development like purgatory it, it finally like finished production like everything was done it was in post Every, all the actors got paid and whatnot. It was it was it was completed, and then out of nowhere, it, it gets cut off. It gets it gets cut off. And according to the execs, they want to like put their like money and investment in something a bit more, as they put it, in a product that they think might make back the money. But it was a streaming movie, like I, I just just release it, you know? I mean, what was the point? It's just kind of frustrating, and it's the same thing that goes with movies as well. Like during like the pandemic, um, Warner Brothers had this strategy. It wasn't a good strategy, but like the old regime of like leaders at Warner Brothers, they decided to release movies not only in theaters but on streaming services as well. Like two movies, back to back, two different films, back to back, and you can you can tell that that was gonna hurt like the specific product and they would even release like the same movie like on streaming and in theaters at the same time i i don't know why they would do that and it it did tick off a lot of directors like big name directors uh one example being chris not chris christopher nolan yeah he directed uh this movie called oftentimer and it was supposed to be like released under warner brothers license but after what they did to him with Tenet, and just he just he the trust was just completely dissolved. 
and it's not even just directors in and of itself. It's um like like companies as well. They're just been pulling out. Like Warner Bros. even got sued by shareholders for like thousands of millions of dollars of loss. Like the whole plan of this current CEO was like he was going to cut off tax write-offs and save the company around three billion dollars in payments. He, instead, the company has now lost about sixteen to twelve billion dollars in terms of like finances. It's 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 depressing. It's depressing. And you know, companies like Legacy Entertainment, which were literally started by people who worked at Warner Brothers, are now pulling out and signing new deals and contracts with Paramount because Paramount, I think has sort of finely tuned and mastered how to like properly create um, a streaming service and cinematic like like ecosystem uh, environment where both can thrive. So what they'll do is they will make original content for movies and they'll make original content for films, but they they don't ever really like release them in the same bracket of months. This is another thing Disney's been learning too. So what they did, Disney, um, they released like a big movie and they wait a couple months and then they just dump it on Disney Plus. And Paramount will do a similar thing as well. They'll have a movie. They'll let it air for a little bit. And then when it ends, they'll air a different movie on their streaming service for a little bit as well. And then after that's like all the buzz around that is done they'll dump the movie that was in theaters onto their streaming service. And I think that's great. You know, it allows both films to have equal breathing time and energy to really like get their respective audiences and get their respective, like, you know, publicity from press and whatnot. I, I just think that's a good idea. And it, it just, and, and Wonder Brothers is doing this recently too, with a couple of their releases, but I think it's like a little bit too late. And yeah, I just, it, it's just kind of sad. But anyway, what do you guys know? That's about all the time I have now. Uh, tune in next week to the next episode of The Tim Cast. That's Tim with two M's. See you tonight. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. This podcast was for educational purposes only. The views and opinions that were expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Prince George's Community College, its faculty, its staff, or its affiliates. The PG Weekly is produced by Heavenly Bee, David Smalls, and is executively produced by Dale Roden.